We're in search of tarot. We're taking a look at the wisdom and wildness that life has to offer through the lenses of tarot, music, and magic. Hop in and let's see where today takes us. Hello, Erica. Hi, Nick. <laughs> good, good to be with you again. Good to see you always. Yes, yeah. I feel like this is, I, I guess I want to say to everyone that's listening, you know, first of all, welcome to In Search of Tarot. And also, like, we're going to talk about the death card tonight and about Scorpio. And that might seem daunting, but we're going to keep it light and fun. Um, but also, I do want to to hold space for the fact that death is a, a deep energy, you know, and, and we're going to talk about that too. And in light of everything that's going on in the world right now, it's, it kind of holds a, a whole different weight. Um, but we're going to explore all facets of this card, um, all, all the meanings and, um, we're going to, it's going to be great. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to enjoy it. We're going to get something out of it. And, you know, it's not, not nothing to be scared of. So yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> um, well, how have you been since I've seen you last? I've been good, keeping busy as always, um, and really enjoying being outside. Yesterday, AJ, we bought a strawberry pot, um, and we've been wanting to fill it with succulents, and so we finally got them, and we filled it yesterday, and I'm, like, so obsessed with it because it's, like, so beautiful. So that was, like, a fun... We try to like do something outside a little bit every day, you know, to keep the sunshine in our lives. <laughs> yeah. What is it like for you with um, social distancing? Like, do you have to be around people much? Do you go, do you like go shop, like shopping or are you kind of just off the grid or? Well, we try to go shopping only like once every two weeks. Um, and other than that, we live, you know, pretty off by ourselves. Um, so we don't really see anybody. And when we go to the grocery store, we're super safe. But other than that, recently, we've just been hanging out at home and not really going anywhere or doing much. So yeah. 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 The weather finally got nice here this weekend, mm -hmm. which is like great. And also maybe not so great for the distancing because like, yeah. you can tell everybody's just dying to, to get out, you know? Yeah. Um, and it kind of feels like everyone hit their, their like cabin fever wall at the same time, you know, like, yeah. um, and I don't know, I mean, as we're seeing right now, like on the news and everything, who knows what's going to happen with it. And I, but everybody's yeah. like really anxious to, to get out. Um, so we, we were able to take a couple, well, actually we went, we went to Socrates sculpture garden, which is out here, um, in yeah. Astoria where I live. And that was, that was very cool. And, you know, mm -hmm. we were able to keep, keep distance and, just take long walk like around the neighborhood and um, mm -hmm. like feel the sun on our skin. And honestly, I was like, uh, Jason was like, I'm afraid you're going to get sunburned. And I was like, I would welcome, I would welcome a sunburn. <laughs> I right would now. gladly take it. <laughs> yeah. I'd love yeah. to get sunburned. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So in this episode, we're going to talk about a little bit about transformation, about moments in each of our lives where we feel like we've experienced transformation um, we're going to talk a little bit about in our readings 101 section about our favorite spreads um, and a spread that maybe you could work with uh, for this Scorpio full moon. And then uh, Eric is going to break down the sign of Scorpio a little bit for us. And then we'll go into our card of the week, which is the death card and talk about 
the uh, way it looks and all the meanings that it can possibly hold. And then if our, our pop culture references and Harry Potter references, and then Erica's <laughs> amazing song and playlist that is especially amazing this week, like hold on to your, <laughs> to your hats, people. Um, and then we'll do our pull for each other because I thought that was really fun last time and we should definitely keep doing that. Yeah. And you pulled death for me, which is crazy. So, yeah. yeah, wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so our theme for this week is kind of like transformation, basically, you know, through through the death card and, and through the full moon in Scorpio. So I kind of thought it would be interesting to talk about some moments in our lives where we feel like we've gone through like a really transformative and perhaps even sort of death-like experience. Um, do you want to do you want to start? Yeah, so I was thinking a lot about it because I do feel like it's inevitable that something that like everybody kind of goes through it at some point in their life. Um, and I feel like the best representation of that for me is my relationship with New York City. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, um, I lived in New York City, AJ and I lived in New York City for eight years and we moved there initially to pursue theater and all of that lovely loveliness um, that is so great. And I like growing up in Delaware, I'm such a small town girl. So I always knew that New York wasn't going to be forever. And I love and cherish every day that we had in New York. Like, I feel like it shaped me so much. It made me like, I'm stronger because of it. And like, just, I feel like a more powerful kind of badass version of myself. And from going like right through college and working different jobs, I've just developed different skill sets and, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. And, but I, but, you know, I feel like I needed to, especially when I knew, when AJ and I knew we were ready to move kind of last year before uh, this opportunity of moving to California presented itself, I knew I had to like leave or, you know, release that. New York City life to be the best version of myself um, because I wasn't truly happy and like just it was just about like the hustle and bustle of every day and it was just a very very difficult I think for AJ and I just because that's not where we were meant to be and um, although like I said we've le I've learned so much and because and like learned so many things from living in the city I definitely feel like leaving was the best decision I've ever made. I actually had a few, three specific um, things came to mind as I thought about like transformation in my life. Um, the first is my experience when I was uh, in the summers, when I would go away as a dance student, when I was in high school, yeah. I was absolutely sure that going to Juilliard was my life path. Like I, I just knew that's where I was meant to go. I went on full scholarship to their summer program the first time I went. And then after that year, I auditioned uh, for the year and I didn't get in. And, and then subsequently ended up getting, again, full scholarship to come back for the next summer and talk to them and was like, you know, I'm just, I'm confused. Obviously you like see something in me, you know, and, and they sort of basically explained like, we run this school in a way like a company. And so there are things that are out of your control. Like if we're, if we're losing a five foot 10, you know, person that looks like this and you you look like you look like it's not, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. which honestly like was really frustrating to hear, but I was like, okay, you yeah. know, whatever. And then I was like, you know, they were like, but def we believe in you. You're a dancer, like audition again. And then the next year I broke my foot like a month before the audition. Uh. 
And I ended up going through a really difficult time even then because the, some of the faculty were telling me that I could come on a special, like on my own to audition. And the administration was like, absolutely not. That's not, that's not the way we run things. And, and it's mm. not for them to make that call, which actually it's funny now at the time I thought, well, they're the teachers. They, they should be able to say, but now that I date a, an admissions officer, I, I actually <laughs> understand why that is the case. Um, yeah. Anyways, all that to say that like, that was really, really, really hard. I mean, that felt like the death of like a dream. I mean, you know, and yeah. it was, it was kind of the first time in my life as a young you know, artists to like experience that kind of really having to just let that go, you know? Yeah. And it was hard too, because my family really wanted to like keep bringing it up. And it, it took my mom like a really long time to get past that. She would just all the time say, what if, what if, what if? And I was like, it's just not what was meant to happen. You know, like we got to let that go. Yeah. And then, uh, the other thing that really came to mind with me was my father. Um, and you know, I don't want to like bring us down too much, but you know, I have, I had an abusive father and uh, my childhood was very, you know, difficult. And mm -hmm. I, you know, was, when I was sort of thinking about this before we started uh, recording, I was like journaling about it. And I said um, that it was like the death of believing that someone other than myself would be there for me in this way. Mm -hmm. And, you mm -hmm. know, because I really wanted to believe like, I, I, there were several men in my life when I was a kid that I sort of tried to turn into fathers, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. and I ended up sort of pushing them all away because I was so desperate, you know, and wanting that. And, uh, and I think it really, it was in the last three years that I really kind of finally took this journey on my own and realized that like, I was, I was the person, like I was the man that, that I needed, yeah. you know? Yeah. And yeah. that, that was very much death. Um, and that, that sort of like came to a head with me finally writing my father an email who I've not, I still have not spoken to in like eight years or so at this point. Um, but I found his email address on LinkedIn and I wrote in this mm -hmm. email basically saying like, I now have come to terms with the fact that you're a human, you know, you're, you're a fallible person. And mm -hmm. I, I also have, realized how hard it is to be a good person and I just want to tell you that I forgive you you know that that you're a you're a person you're you have faults and I'm sure your life must have been really difficult for you to have been the way you were you know and mm -hmm. and I forgive you and when I press send on that keyboard like this huge like physical reaction happened like I didn't I didn't really sob I did cry but it just felt yeah. it felt like more than sobbing it was just like a really strong physical response that just mm -hmm. kind of felt like the 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 period on the sentence you know yeah. um and certainly not that I don't ever it's not that I don't ever think about him now but it just doesn't mm -hmm. carry the same weight that it used to yeah you know that's good I mean I feel like that was like a huge release that happened and that you needed, you know? Yeah. And yeah. it was, it was death. I mean, it was a death yeah. moment for sure, you know? Yeah. And then the last thing that I thought would be nice for us to do in this reflection moment is to just kind of spend a couple seconds saying, naming the things that we miss about our lives before COVID happened. Like yeah. I, I felt I, Jason and I did that and found it really healing. So would you like to just kind of name some things that, that you're sort of grieving or, or missing? 
Yeah. For me, socializing, like seeing people is a huge thing. Like I'm so lucky that AJ and I have each other because I get so lonely. Like I thrive on like just interacting with people. And I think even just like interacting with people at the office and having those conversations and everything, I miss that. I miss just being able to go to the grocery store and not fear for everything I touch, not have to put a mask on, like not have to do all of that. I think it puts in perspective, like really how much we as humans can take for granted. Um, so I really miss like just that kind of normalcy and, and the idea of being able to, to travel if, if I wanted to, you know, not that my schedule would allow for it, but with my brother being at home with my parents, I'm like, mm, I wish you guys could all just like come out here. We could like be together for a weekend. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I miss coffee shops. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I yeah. miss like sitting in coffee shops. I miss the theater and dance. Um, it's actually been really great. New York City Ballet has been airing every Tuesday and Friday ballets on YouTube. Um, oh, wow. And they like full pieces and they stay up for 72 hours. So we've been watching oh, wow. that. And that's been really yeah. nice. Like, um, even though it's digital, like the way they're doing it kind of makes you feel like you're gathered with other people because it's like debuting on YouTube, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do miss that. And I just, um, I miss wa walks. Like I used mm -hmm. to love walking and listening to podcasts and, um, you know, just like being able to sort of wander around. And I think what I miss most is like feeling like I have agency over my life, you know, yeah. like feeling like on any given day, I could potentially make a big change, you know, or mm -hmm. like start a new project or just even just go to a store I've always wanted to go to or, you know, it just yeah. kind of just feels like there's not a lot of room for like agency right now, you know, and, yeah, and that's totally. really, that's really hard. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that. So we're just, <laughs> yeah. hold, just holding space for that, you know? Yeah. Totally. Um, so let's talk about spreads. Um, so what are, what are some of, yeah, I just thought it could be fun. Like, I feel like it's nice if we can start um, having just some practical um, mm -hmm. tips, you know, kind of, kind of yeah. thing. So like, what are some of your favorite spreads that listeners might like? Yeah, I really enjoy, especially for like kind of more of like an in-depth, like what, for the new moon, what AJ and I did is I love to do like three cards, kind of past, present, future, potentially. I feel like though it depends, like if it kind of lines up that way in the reading and you're like, oh, that, and it makes sense and I think it works. But I think those three cards can also just kind of represent what um, the cards are trying to tell you, like with, with what you're putting your energy in, you know, like um, just not necessarily lined up with what happened in the past or what could potentially be coming, but just like what's happening in general. And then I like to do a card at the top for like kind of what's going on in my headspace and then uh, below for like kind of like grounding. Um, so I really like that. I also just like, um, I think what I do most of the time is pull just three cards and I'll kind of think about what, what it is like, a lot of times I'm just like, what does the, like the deck, what do you have to say to me? Like, you know, sometimes yeah. I'm definitely looking for guidance, but other times I'm just like, what is it that you have to say? And I love to just pull three cards and just see what they are. Cause most of the time they're pretty relevant to what, how I'm feeling. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. 
do you ever have moments where you'll pull a card and and it's like totally out of left field and you're just like what the heck yes yeah I feel like that happened recently and of course now I can't pinpoint exactly what it was but yeah some I I think actually I it was in our new moon reading I pulled I pulled the five of crystals or the five of pentacles um and I was like I don't no, I don't know what this means, you yeah. know? Um, but yeah, but it doesn't happen too often, but sometimes, yeah, I'm like, whoa, that is, I'm confused by that. And, um, maybe a little concerned. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. You, like, how do you handle that? I feel like sometimes like it can represent even something that's like so tiny, like some, like a very small, um, thing. And maybe, you know, like, I feel like, um, for a while when I would always draw the fool, I'd be like, well, what, what is this new adventure? Like I'm here, like I'm just doing the same thing over and over again. And yeah. then something happens and I'm like, oh, okay, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I get it now. Right. Yeah. I was, I was talking last, so I started doing, if any, if any listeners want to tune in every Sunday, I've started doing a live reading for a shop here in Astoria called Lockwood Shop. And last night, um, so the, one of the questions that someone asked that was watching the live uh, was like, what do you, what do you love about what's so fun about doing tarot or what's the most exciting thing about doing tarot or something. And I was saying how, you know, it's cool because the cards are like not, they're unbiased, you know, they're mm -hmm. just, they're just images on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. So they kind of can, they can, you can go as deep or as not deep as you want to go with them. Mm -hmm. And also like in those moments when something does show up that feels really like out of left field, it's like what you kind of want from like a therapist or a friend in that it's hopefully like giving you a new idea, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, I never thought of it that way, you know, yeah. and like, and sometimes at first you might, you know, react like, well, what the heck? Like, I don't feel that way at all. But if you like mm -hmm. really sit with it and like really, and also I think if you let yourself like open beyond the meanings that you've read mm -hmm. or the, the meanings that you've like, you know, kind of memorized and just kind of really get curious, sometimes you can really, you'll be like, oh, I think, I think there's something, oh, I never thought of it like that. Or, oh, there's something mm -hmm. deeper in there. You know, like those are actually the moments, like sometimes I actually get disappointed when like I pull a spread and I'm like, okay, yes, I know I'm in quarantine. Like, you know, where it's so on the nose that you're just like, yeah. I, why did I even pull cards for this? Like, I got it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, my favorite spread to use that I always use with clients is similar to yours where it's sort of a past, present, future. Mm -hmm. um, and then like a what's in your head, what's in the body. And then I also add like a what's in your sort of spirit or what's like crossing mm -hmm. where you are right now in the present, like what's kind of mm -hmm. sitting, sitting on top of you basically. Yeah. Um, and then usually three advice cards that might mm -hmm. like help you, you know, mm -hmm. on your journey or whatever. Um, and then also something I've started to play around with just for myself or also for like close friends is really is just seeing what happens if I just pull cards until I feel done. You yeah. Know, like, like yeah. Just kind of. And I think it's easy as readers to forget that like also in moments where you pull a card and it doesn't make any sense, it's perfectly fine to like pull a clarifying card, you yeah. know, pull another card. Like sometimes totally. we, we feel like we have to like figure it out or like, you know, just from the one card, but it's totally fine to just keep pulling, you know? Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, I did that with a friend recently where I just, I was like, I think there needs to be one more. And then it was cool because afterwards she said, um, I thought there, I thought one more needed to come out. Like I kind of, I felt that, you know, and I was yeah. like, yeah, 
Um, and then it just felt like, okay, now we're done. That was yeah. all we have to say. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like kind of playing around with that. And I've been kind of playing around too with different ways of shuffling. Um, mm-hmm. I've been kind of, I've been playing around with the cutting of the deck, which is not something yeah. I to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been playing around with using my left hand, which for a lot of readers is like the more intuitive side of oh, your body. Okay. Yeah. Um, been playing around with that. So yeah, just kind of seeing. And so for this Scorpio full moon, you know, I think simply, and this is a, this is actually a Lindsay Mac. So I'm, right now I'm taking tarot for the wild soul. Um, Lindsay very much teaches the major arcana in three lines of seven broken down to life, death, life, the life, death, life cycle is how she mm-hmm. describes it, which is sort of an offshoot from the way Rachel Pollack teaches it. Um, and I kind of think life, death, life, three cards spread could be really powerful for the Scorpio full moon where you're sort of mm-hmm. looking at your, your conscious, your subconscious, and then like your super conscious. So what you're going to, you know, what you what is on the surface, what is underneath the surface wanting to be sort of unearthed, and then what, how will that change you, or what will that sort of allow you to, like, level up? Um, yeah. But this is certainly, like, a very transformative moon energy, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So let us know, like, like tell it, you know, write in, tell us um, what spreads you're doing for this moon. I, I would genuinely love to hear whatever, whatever you guys have got going on out there in your magical worlds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So I think we're moving into astrology talk. You want to tell us about, about good old Scorpio? Yes. So Scorpio, and I think last, let me see, I'm looking at my notes. I think we're doing another fixed sign. So last time we, we talked, we talked about Taurus and Taurus is also a fixed sign, so highly driven. So Scorpio is fixed and a water sign, so lots of feelings. Um, this Scorpio is represented by the Scorpion and uh, is ruled by Mars and Pluto, with their key phrase being "I desire." Um, Scorpio is also the body part that it is associated with is the reproductive organs, so Ooh. sexual. <laughs> <laughs> Um, keywords are secrecy, mystery, intense, power. I totally think of Christian Grey from Fifty Shades of Grey as like the iconic Scorpio figure. (laughs) Yes, yes. Teach me. Teach me all about Scorpio, Christian. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So very powerful. I think when I was reading about it, some people are like, it seems very dangerous. Some people like are a little fearful of Scorpios. Um, and they come across as like very mysterious because they keep, they keep a lot, um, to themselves. Like they're very good at listening and just kind of being like, "Mm," and they're like absorbing that information and then, you know, not really giving too much away. Yeah. Do you have, do you have any Scorpios in your life? Yeah. Um, a really good friend of mine from college is actually a Scorpio and, He's actually, he's like a full Hufflepuff like me and like one of the most fun people I've ever known. So it's, I don't find him like that kind of dark and mysterious kind of um, Scorpio, but I'd be interested to know his, um, his rising sign. Cause I feel like that might be very telling, you know? Yeah. I almost feel like with Scorpio, especially the moon is kind of the more maybe yeah. where, where maybe you would get into that really secretive. Um, yeah you know, because the moon is already going to be like your more ulterior or like interior self, you know? Mm -hmm. So 
Scorpio moon people might be even more like that. I mean, I, I know at least one Scorpio, he actually started a podcast recently. Um, his name is Clinton Edward, if, if he happens to be listening. His podcast oh. <laughs> is Queer Convos. Um, shout out to the Queer Convos. And um, he is a triple Scorpio. And, wow. And he is, he is a triple Scorpio. Like, I, and he would say, you know, he would tell you all about that. Yeah. Like, and I only know that through CoStar, but um, yeah. yeah. So cool. Let's talk about the death card. Um, yeah. So I've got a few versions here and we'll start with our good old Smith Rider Waite. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, the death card is a skeleton in armor on a horse. Um, it is pretty, oh, and actually, you know what I'm just noticing is like, doesn't it kind of look like that horse has more than one head or is that just, yeah. like a, or is that a tower behind oh, it? Oh, that's, a, I think that's a, the pillar. Okay, that's tricky. In the back. Yeah, yeah, that is tricky. I, I was like, whoa. Yeah, because I've seen other decks actually with multiple horses, like the, the horses of the apocalypse kind of idea. So I was wondering if uh -huh. that's what that was. Um, but yeah, it's often often shows death on a horse, um, sort of the speed with which death can, you know, arrive, sort of take us. And also um, the skeleton, obviously, as being like the other life, the other world, um, and and the armor sort of, you know, symbolizing, I think, the the strength of death, the, the way that death kind of can't be overcome. Um, and there are these figures that seem to be trying to, you know, appeal to death as if, you know, please, please don't, you know, take our lives, basically. One, interestingly, being um, a, a religious looking figure. And I thought that was interesting because it almost feels like even, even, the, even the spiritual cannot overcome, you know, death, mm -hmm. that death, death mm -hmm. is going to arrive whenever, it, whenever and however it wants, basically. What do you think about the sun in the background? There's the sun rising. Yeah. So I actually, I was reading um, in Rachel Pollack's book about it. And um, she said that the sun represents immortality and that it's rising in between those two pillars. And I do, when looking at it, like, obviously it's a very ominous card, you know, like it always feels very dark. Um, and that is like the only bit of life, but it's kind of, for me, it's like, going you're gonna death is gonna take you and you're gonna walk past those two pillars and then you're gonna be in you know wherever that may be whatever the afterlife life looks like for you but I always feel like the af I am not afraid of the afterlife I feel like it's it is your life can be really hard and sometimes you know death is that release and I do I think it's it's kind of like I know it's scary right now but I'm taking you to a better place type thing mm-hmm yeah. It's also interesting because so many figures in the Rider Waite Smith um, show up between pillars, like for instance, the high priestess. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting that that would be immortality and like the high priestess is sitting between these pillars in mm -hmm. the place of immortality. You know, she's like, yeah. she's like in the place of spirit um, between those pillars. Yeah. And, and I guess also sort of the hierophant shows up here, um, in yeah. way, like in the priest figure. Um, yeah, so another version I have is this amazing new deck I was just gifted um, called the Next World Tarot. Uh, it's an incredible deck. I highly recommend it. Um, in this deck, it's uh, it's a woman who sort of looks like she was like almost like a circus figure. Um, like um, it, what what it reminds me of is like the mermaid parade uh, that they have out in um, uh, Coney Island. Uh huh. You know, it, she kind of looks like she was working there. Also, the, she has <laughs> she has an umbrella, which makes me think of like um, 
the New Orleans, mm-hmm. um, you know, I do, like, which I think they do that for funeral. For funerals. For yeah. yeah. Yep. And that's, so it makes me think of that. Um, there is, she is also on the horse and then there are a couple of, um, skulls and there's like a rat, but actually the rat looks quite happy to see her. Like she's, a friend. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and then there's a lot of water, which I think is, is interesting. Also with Scorpio, it makes sense to like see some mm. water in the picture, you know, the, the mm-hmm. water, waters of life, but also it makes me think of the river sticks that you had to cross, you know, to get to Hades and like yep. that, that theme of water that does show up a lot in mythology around death. Um, what other decks do you have? I have Fountain and um, Star Child. Fountain is pretty, pretty ominous. She is a dark card. Um, there's almost like, there's two trees on the outside of this horse. And I think as I looked at, as I compared these, the Rider weight and the two, I was like, well, maybe those are the pillars. Um, the skull is kind of at the top connecting the two of them. But I think the most interesting part is that like the bottom quarter of this card is very, it's like white. It's like that opposing like light and dark, white and black. Um, so I think that's probably like the, not redeeming, I don't want to say redeeming factor of this card, but I think it's like the contrast. Um, but it is a very, she's a heavy illustration. Yeah. Um, It's it's very between the worlds. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm obsessed with the Star Child card. It's actually, they call it transformation. And I really lean more towards this, what this picture represents. And um, so there you see these kind of like a line of pillars of, with all of these hieroglyphics on them. Um, and this womanly figure, in, but she's walking towards like this light like there's like this bright light that's at the top and it does it feels like more of a transformation it it, I feel like for someone that was new to tarot and was like oh my gosh I'm just so afraid of that card this is just a really nice representation of what I think what I think it really means more of you know rather than death actually meet when if somebody pulls death I don't think it actually means someone is going to pass away that they know or them or anything like that um I really feel like it's transformation so I love 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 the interpretation of this card and I feel like it's nice and gentle and says what it needs to say in just a little bit more of a gentle way yeah (laughs) also the pillars are back yeah you know the pillars Yeah. yeah um Yes. Okay, great. Uh, so why don't we talk a little bit about like the, the upright, like if this card, you know, is showing up upright in its higher vibration, you mm-hmm. know, what do we, what do we think of the meanings of that? Um, and I actually pulled a lot from um, another tarot book. I know we, we are like the official Rachel Pollock show. Um, <laughs> but I also really love Bakara Whitner's um, WTF is Tarot. Uh, which yes. you, you have now too, actually, right? Yes, and yeah. I feel like what you're about to say, I wrote down as well. So okay, I'll cover this, and then you can cover Rachel. Um, so Bakara actually talks very much about the how death r- does have pain attached, which I do think is important to say. You know, mm-hmm. I do, I I agree with you that death is definitely about transformation, but I do think it's important to, you know hold space for the fact that even transformation, well, or certainly transformation can be quite difficult and painful. It can be really hard Mm -hmm. to like let go of something, even if it's Mm -hmm. 
really time to go. I mean, it makes me think of every bad relationship I've ever been in, you know, yeah. like, yeah. I mean, I can think of one in particular where I'm just like, why did I cling to that? I mean, it was like dead mm-hmm. and beaten and like smashed to a pulp and I just would not let it go, you know? And, yeah. um, and she kind of speaks to that, which I think death is definitely about. There was one quote in particular of hers that I really liked, which was um, the comfort of death is that whatever is passing is no longer meant to live. Mm. Um, so sort of like the comfort of, it reminds me of another quote, which is um, like whatever, whatever's happening now is what's is what's meant to be because it is happening you know basically just that like whatever is is you know and and so there's there can be comfort in the fact that if something is dying it is meant to to go you know um but again that doesn't mean it makes it happy or okay it just makes Mm -hmm. it meant to be you know and and that is kind of neither good nor bad in a way um and she also goes into something that I thought was interesting where she's describing um, that a lot of people never, never get to death. Like if you're, when you're moving through the journey of the major arcana that, mm-hmm. you know, people kind of, and we've talked about the justice card on the show mm-hmm. that a lot of people come to justice and which is sort of that meeting of, of the two selves, you know, the past and the present and how, how we should be moving new into the world or, or kind of taking everything we've learned and like using it to better our our choices and our future. And we get kind of stuck by that large idea. And then mm-hmm. people can sort of meet their mortality stuck in the, which is the hanged man when we get mm-hmm. stuck, you know, and never move past that. And the next card after the hanged man would be death. So it would be, yeah. it would be making it far enough that you, you get confronted with this major change and then you're willing to let yourself go you know let Mm -hmm. your and yourself meaning your ego let your ego pass through the portal of death into everything that's coming and she talks about how there's some there are some amazing cards down the path you know death is Mm -hmm. not even death is not the end of the journey right but if we're if we're too afraid to let let that piece of ourselves die we're never going to get to to the better stuff you know on the other side yeah yeah I think I can't remember if it was her or Rachel Pollack I didn't write it down. Um, oh, no, it was. It was Bakara. I also wrote down, she said, in justice, we discovered what needs to die. In the hanged man, we let go of it. And in death, it leaves us, mm-hmm. which I think is um, really interesting just because absolutely, I think it's it's so important to um, acknowledge like the pain that can become present in this card, but it is like for the greater good, right? It's like, it's because it needs to be released or it needs to go, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just think that's like important to remember. Yeah. yeah. I also, I also was thinking a lot about like why death and rebirth stories are mm-hmm. such a central part of so many religions, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? And like, what are we supposed to learn from that? You know what? Like mm-hmm. it would seem that all these teachings are sort of trying to show us that like death is meant to be, an integral part of life, you know, rather yeah. than, rather than being pushed to the end. And in, in the West, we're so afraid of death, you know, and really mm-hmm. afraid. And, and that's where I think the taboo part of Scorpio, you know, Scorpio is sort of controls like taboo secrets, like yeah. you said. Mm-hmm. And I think it almost in the West, it's like death is taboo. Like don't speak mm-hmm. about death. Don't look yep. at a de- Look, don't look at a dead person, you know, like, yeah. 
just keep acting like you're going to stay young forever, you know, take a miracle serum, like whatever, avoid death. And in the Eastern philosophy is much more like living with death on a daily basis. I, I think yeah. Pema Chodron um, says we, we have to die a hundred times every day, you know, that yeah. we should constantly be confronting our mortality. And it, it made me think about the, the tourist season, the spring season, and, you know, we literally are coming out of death, like winter mm -hmm. into mm -hmm. spring. And it, part of what makes spring and summer so beautiful is its ephemerality, you know, like yeah. it's, it's, we know that as we look at this beautiful flower, it's not going to last, you know, right. Right. and that, that makes it so gorgeous, you know, mm -hmm. because we're, we're lucky enough to see it while it's happening. Yeah, um, totally. Also like the arts, like performing art, it's, it's mm -hmm. ephemeral and won't last forever. And that, that really makes it that much more vibrant. Special. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. I think too, it's also like, um, when it comes to dealing with, you know, actual death, um, which is obviously very difficult. I'm so sorry. My cat is going crazy in this room. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, Oh, um, but I, I think dealing with that is so hard, but it is, it's inevitable and it's, you know, it's something that everybody deals with. And I, for, I was thinking about this, um, specifically with, um, our cat that passed away in September. I was like, I just was like, how am I gonna, ever going to recover? Like, it's so hard. It's so sad. But then like, you do recover and you do heal somehow, like somehow it happens and it's, you know, and then you just remember that, like, don't take anything for granted. Like, I'm going to really enjoy every second that I can. And like, of course, I'm going to have down days and down times and hard times, but other, like, I'm going to take all of the happy and positive memories with me though. And that's going to like propel me to keep going, you know? Yeah. And like that powerful question that we can ask ourselves of like, if I knew I was going to die tomorrow, you know, what would I do yeah. differently? Or like, if I, like, if I knew I was going to, if I knew I had an expiration date set, like, what would I change? Mm -hmm. And that, yeah. that can be such a powerful catalyst for change, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I did want to tell once, well, I have one story I wanted to tell, and then I have one um, nerdy quote that I wanted to read. Um, I wanted to talk about meditation, my journey mm -hmm. with meditation and something that has to do with death in a way, I think, with the ego. Because mm -hmm. so when I first got into meditation, I was all in, you know, I was, mm -hmm. I, I still meditate, but not nearly to the extent to which I, I used to. Um, mm -hmm. And it got to a point where I came to this place in my practice where I, I kind of really, it felt like um, a, a very strong sense that nothing, nothing mattered, you know, and not in like a negative way, but in just a like, mm -hmm it doesn't matter. Like it's all, mm -hmm. it, it is, is what it is, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I actually, when I was at Transcendence, we had a meditation teacher who I asked about it and she kind of, I don't know that she really understood what I was saying exactly. Um, but then I joined this meditation group here in New York and I was, we, I, I went one night and we meditated and then I shared this and I was like, you know, and I think, I feel like there, I'm at this precipice where I could almost imagine, I could sort of see myself like going all the way there but it, but I'm scared because like, what does that mean? Am I supposed to like leave my life and move to a monastery? Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, I just, I just, I don't know what that means. And the guy mm -hmm. who was leading the class was like, it just, it sounds like your ego 
is just trying to protect you, you know, Mm -hmm. because no, like, why, why would you have to move to a monastery? You know, it just, but it sounds like your, your ego is trying to grip onto like what it knows. And really what you're Mm -hmm. afraid of is you don't know, you don't know what's on the other side of this. You know, that's, that's that's what's scary. Like, yeah. Right. Um, and that feels very much like what's happening right now to all of us as a, as a world with like COVID-19 is like, we know, we know there's going to be something on the other side, but like, we have no way of knowing what that is. Yeah. And that's, that's terrifying, you know? Yeah. But, you know, I guess leaning into, I guess just kind of the the sense of what will be, will be, Mm -hmm. um, and that transform and and that death is part of life and that transformation is part of life and that, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and we do want to keep journeying forward. That can be kind of the, the, you know, kind of keep us moving a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm actually not going to read that quote because I that was enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then uh, if we see this card reversed or like it's sort of lower vibration, what do we what do we think about? I feel like it's kind of resistance maybe, um, you know, kind of knowing that I think it's signaling like when it's upright, it's kind of signaling like, or indicating, like, maybe you might not be aware of this change, but that it's coming, and, like, to, to, you know, embrace it, and I, so I feel like if it's reverse, I almost think of it as being, um, like, you're feeling resistant, or, like, maybe you kind of know what it is, but you don't want to believe it, you know, like, in, the, in, like, referencing maybe even, like, a relationship, or some, with someone, like, kind of knowing it's maybe not in the best place anymore, but like not wanting to, do you see my screen right now? Yeah. You look like a ghost. I know. (laughs) Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's never happened before. And it looks like your lights are like shimmering. I know that's literally never happened before. And I kept trying to move to be like, (laughs) is it like the light in the camera? But honestly, that was really wild. So, um, weird. It's happened a couple times while we've been recording. That is crazy. Um, I don't even know what I'm saying <laughs> because that really like shook me a little bit, especially because like before we were like accepting this like open portal and I'm like, oh my yep. gosh, someone is here with me yep. <laughs> right now. <laughs> just, just take it. Yeah. So here we are. <laughs> just just say welcome. We I have this yep. I have a light here that has a mind of its own. And whenever actually it hasn't happened in a while, but whenever it starts flickering, we're always like Hello, welcome. Yep. Hi. <laughs> I accept your presence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I totally agree with everything you just said. I I think also too, maybe it's like, why are you afraid? You know, what are you what are you clinging to? Um, and like, is this thing kind of already gone? You know, like what we were saying yeah. with a bad yeah. relationship where it's like, I mean, is there even anything to sort of keep holding on to or is it just done? Oh my god, there it goes again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is so weird. What if it has to do with me? It seems like as I know, okay, <laughs> who knows? All right. So I think we've basically covered like interpretation. Let's move into our um, pop culture. Okay. This one I kind of thought was like a little hard because I feel like um, the death card is so like internal. It's very like what internal I, I feel um, and like internal experiences, but I still did some thinking and thought of some things. Um, I'll start with Harry Potter. Okay. And I, I believe because AJ and I kind of talked about this. I think it's when 
Um, it's when Harry past like has that moment where he kind of dies for a second so that that piece that of Voldemort inside of him like leaves him you know Mm -hmm. Uh um like he had to like that had to physically like leave him so that he could continue to live I don't know what did you say for Harry Potter I like that I really like that I mean I I actually I was thinking I was like there's probably going to come some moments where it's not necessarily like a character it's more like something that happens like an Mm -hmm. event you know yeah I actually said Dumbledore okay um because of an obvious reason which is that he literally dies and transforms Mm -hmm. um but I think it was more about his willingness to do that you know like I think Mm -hmm. he I think he very much took that journey that Bakara was describing of like Mm -hmm. justice seeing like this is what has to be done you know in order to like keep this moving and then thinking about it like basically he's in the hanged man for like books whatever one through four does he, mm-hmm. does he die in five is that right also spoiler um, alert. sorry yeah right Ooh. <laughs> yeah. um is it six six okay, i think six. it's yeah deathly hallows part no it's five it's, it's in it's um it's half blood prince whatever so that, number that that's one six is. that's six six okay we, we better get that shit right because these harry potter fans will come for us i know <laughs> <laughs> um so do not come for us people we're this is, this is not a harry potter podcast we're just fans no. um but yeah so I mean, he's kind of in that hanged man situation as he as he slowly comes to grips with like oh this is what has to happen this is what has to happen mm-hmm. um and then he does it you know and then he goes through death passes through death and comes out the other side like this resurrected figure which mm-hmm. also made me think of Gandalf in Lord of the Rings which was yeah another pop culture reference that I yeah put. who, who yeah. else did you have for pop culture I I had I put like as more of like a true pop culture rather than like characters from movies yeah I put Demi Lovato mm. um I don't know if that's kind of more dealing with elements in the devil card um mm. but it was something I thought of um, I also said Bella from Twilight because okay. <laughs> she, when she kind of like dies for a second and becomes a vampire, you know, it's like yep. she had like she always knew like she was meant to be a vampire or like she would be the best version of herself by being a vampire. Um, and then I kind of also thought Disney reference of Simba because he, you know, he runs away and he's just he kind of really wants to forget his past and everything that happens. And when Nala like discovers him and she's like, you have to come back and like save this kingdom. He's super, super resistant to it. Um, And so I feel like he really had to transform to go back and like take his, his rightful place, you know, where his father and family would have wanted him to like rule this epic kingdom and like heal the land and everything that started. Yeah. Yeah. I also said Lion King. Um, which the Lion King is such the hero's journey, you know, the, yeah. the, that Joseph Campbell, like iconic hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and in all those stories, it always is that this character is having to like let something die, you know, like, yeah. Um, and yeah, so I said that too. I also said Bambi because mom, yeah. like, you know, and, the, and those stories are also talking about cycles of life and like yeah. the fire in Bambi is sort of like yep. the necess- necessity of death, you know? Yep. Um, I also said, um, Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady. Uh-huh, that's <laughs> and that's good. More about, that's more about transformation, but, you yeah. know, he transformed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also said Michael Jackson, I think, because mm. he kept transforming, like, he kept yeah. evolving and changing and, like, yeah. 
being willing to kind of let pieces of himself go to keep, you know, moving mm-hmm. forward. Um, yeah. And then I said, um, nature wise, like sunrise and sunset are mm-hmm. sort of death moments. Yep. And the changing seasons, like we talked about, are yeah. like death moments. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then I also said Fox, the Phoenix in Harry Potter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we come to my favorite part because you guys are not ready for this playlist. Seriously. I know we talk about the playlist every week and maybe you listen or maybe you don't, but this week you really should mm-hmm. do yourself a favor and go to the Spotify, Erica's Spotify and listen to this playlist because it is, it is just so good. It's such a mood, but, and like in a yeah. great, in, in a great way, like, so just, we just talk about some of the songs you picked and why. Yeah. Yeah. So I named the, I named the playlist transformation because I was like, I didn't want to name it death just because if somebody was like into like death metal or something and they stumbled across this, they'd <laughs> yeah. be like, that is not what I was looking for. <laughs> um, and I really tried to go with songs that were more about transformation rather than like grieving over like literal death. Um, so I start the playlist with a, another Beatles hit, All Things Must Pass. Um, it's actually one of my favorite Beatles songs. Um, are you going to start I every think, playlist with a Beatles song? I kind of like I, I, Yeah, I like, <laughs> I like kind of did it and now it's like purposeful and I'm like here for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, that's a great song and it is about kind of the cycle of life and things and um, I love the Beatles and it's just a beautiful song. Um, another song and this is more, it's called In a Week and it's by Hosier, Hosier, Hosier. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This song I've actually known, I've listened to for a while, and I just thought it was really fitting, Um, and it is, like, about kind of, you know, actually dying and, like, your body becoming a part of the earth. Um, It's, like, literally some of the lyrics, like, so long we become the flowers we feed while the land, and, you know, singing about how finally they're home together, Um, and it's just, like, it's a really beautiful song, so I'm a big fan of that. Um, I also put I Can Change by Lake Street Dive because it's all about change. I also love that band. Mm-hmm. Um, to lighten it up a bit, to think more like rising, you know, rising like the phoenix above the ashes, I put Light Me Up by Ingrid Michaelson. It's just kind of like mm-hmm. a more of like a lighter vibe and like, what, you know, what you can kind of look forward to sometimes after these really difficult times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally... I mean, there's a lot more songs, but I also put um, Jason Mraz's version of It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday. Love. Um, It is just like, in my opinion, the most beautiful version of that song. And it's about, you know, taking, taking the memories to be the sunshine after the rain. And I just, it's so perfect and beautiful. Yeah. Um, I have, I have to tell you, I, I went into the shower and listened to this playlist and cried the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was really healing. It was really good. Yeah. I it's I listened after I put it together. Um, I listened to it with AJ, and I also was like, oh, <laughs> like got a little emotional, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um. Well, tell us now about the Scorpio song because it's fire. Yeah. So, <laughs> um. So kind of like the process too. I'll with this week I'll talk a little bit more about the writing process. So. AJ and I will sit down together and journal and I'll get my horoscope book out and kind of read, you know, kind of like what I talk about in the beginning of the podcast, like elements of Scorpio. 
Um, so we'll kind of, we'll read that together, take any notes on that. And then we just, we literally sit next to each other on the couch and just kind of journal about it. Um, or like, for me, it's not, I don't know if it's necessarily like journaling thoughts. It's kind of, for me, it is kind of in like that lyric format of like stringing together. Um, sometimes like rhyme, even like phrases that rhyme. Um, but I knew for this one, I was like, I said to AJ, I was like, I want this to be like a sexy fire song mm -hmm. because that is what I feel like Scorpio is like Christian Grey. Come on. So, <laughs> so after we journal, I kind of string, I'll, bl I blend what we both wrote. I really like to take elements, like things that AJ wrote and mesh them in with mine and kind of like Frankenstein these, um, lyrics together. And then and then after that, I, AJ would kind of get out of his guitar and I just, you know, all I said was like, I just wanted to be really like sexy and he'll, he just is like magical and comes up with these guitar melodies out of nowhere. Like it's, it's so amazing. amazing. It's so amazing. And, and then from there, I kind of listen, I listen to what he's playing and just kind of start to develop a melody and he'll, we kind of back and forth from that. Like he might adjust his playing based on what I'm singing or like if we really like how, like where a chord progresses or whatever, then like I'll adjust my, like the melody that I come up with. And that's like really all that it is. It's just kind of like playing around till we find like, oh, that really works. Oh, I really like that. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I'm, I always tend, like melody wise, I always tend to kind of like go higher or, you know, and I wanted this to feel like really like low and yeah, yeah. yeah. It it is low and it it's like it has an unexpected low. Yeah. Lowness. Like it's yeah. it's really cool. The melody line is not expected in a good yeah. way. You know. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Will you like uh, tease out some of the lyrics that are in it? Yeah. Um, so I have. I think it's like sugar and spice, add a little sugar and spice, I'll make it nice. We'll play in the sheets and my heart you'll keep. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> you guys ever like fight during this process or are you just, is it just smooth sailing creatively? I think it's usually pretty smooth sailing. That's um, amazing. Yeah, I think in the, in the past we've, if I've like already written a song, sometimes I get like, I get resistant to like changing it, uh -huh. but it's really, and that, I, that's why I was so excited about this too, because it's like, he's written some of his own stuff, I've written some of my own stuff, and we've definitely collaborated, but this was like, we knew we wanted to collaborate, and it is, it's really cool, it's like a very, like, chill process. <laughs> Amazing, well, the results yeah. are killer, so everybody, everybody go listen to the playlist after you listen to, what's the name of the song? Forbidden Desire. Yes, that's right, here's Forbidden Desire.
Yes, yes, yes. I love that song so much. It's so good. I hope everyone loved it. And that I just like, I love that low part. It's so fantastic. Um, all right. Well, let's do our polls for each other. Um, do you, why don't, do you want to start since I started last week? Do you want to start this week? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm receiving your energy. Knight of Cups. Oh, I love that. Cups for dealing with feelings. Night, you're kind of younger, but not as young, not as young and naive as our page friend. Um, so emotional, but strong, um, sensitive. I feel like there's a lot of psychic kind of vibes in this card with like the with the universe behind it. It feels like very celestial and like psychic kind of vibes. Um, I feel like you're really connected to your, your inner voice or your higher self. Yeah. Sensitive. I feel like really sensitive, but like psychic energy. Does that feel like anything to you? Yeah. I also always think of the nights as being related to like movement um, yeah. and the way the energy moves into the world. So yeah. it makes me think of, so I'm taking this course, you know, right now on yeah. and just in general, I'm, I'm, considering a lot about the way my intuitive self expresses itself like into the world Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that that is yeah that makes sense and also I think with the moon coming up yeah kind of maybe feeling some of that energy starting to kick in Mm -hmm. um that like emotional intuitive energy I how I want to use that I've been thinking a lot about the kind of ritual work that I'd like to do when Mm -hmm. we do our moon circle um and like how to best harness the energy of Scorpio and, Mm -hmm. and all of that. So yeah, Yeah. I'm down, I'm down with that. I've like really, I've actually really been loving the, the cup suit in general. Mm -hmm. All right, your turn. All right. So send me your energy. Mm -hmm. Four of swords. Oh, I drew this the last full or the last new moon. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you what I get from that. And then mm-hmm. you can tell me what, you know, how you're feeling. So four of swords, swords is the mental suit. And sometimes this card is called the meditation card. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a moment of stillness in the mind, you know, in this, in the next world tarot, it's depicted as someone um, at a typewriter, kind of almost hermitish, you know, sort of, mm-hmm. sort of hidden, hidden away from the world, working on his manuscript. Um focused and also interestingly the the room is kind of slanted but he seems kind of in stillness so he somehow mm-hmm. managed to find a way of making it all work even amidst mm-hmm. the, the the chaos mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and it, with mental you know it's shit is crazy right now in the mm-hmm. world and i know that your job is crazy and i know that you're being asked to do a million things but I'm wondering if you've kind of found any new sense of managing that for yourself or any new sense of like mental stability in the midst of all this. Yeah. So I do feel that way. I feel like 
if you would have asked me if I was like a couple weeks ago, I think it was actually when we recorded our last um, podcast, it was about that time. I had, I had, I'm never usually the one that gets overwhelmed with work, right? We, um, we joke about having these power pearls and it's like, who needs the power pearls right now for like good energy, you know? Um, and I've never like needed them quote unquote, but a couple weeks ago I had a day where I was like, I am feeling really overwhelmed. Like I, I like, it's not a good, it's not a good work day for me. Um, and I do feel like within this past, within the past two weeks, things haven't slowed down, but they have definitely felt like less crazy. And I feel like, um, we've gone, AJ and I have gone from like exercising or going for our jog at the end of the day and we've moved it to our lunch break. And it's Mm. like helped immensely with just like getting outside and breaking up the day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really, I feel that is spot on. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. And, and maybe that's something like, are you, have you given any thought to like the full moon, like what, how it, how you think it ties in with your life right now or like what you're wanting to call in with the full moon? Yeah. I feel like, um, I feel like with the new moon too, I was like really trying to release some of the stress and I feel like it's, it's working and it's helping. Mm. And I feel like I definitely like with this full moon would love to continue working on my like work and life balance. Um, cause I think it's, it's difficult for a lot of people that are working from home to kind of separate the two right now, you know, just cause it's like in the, in the home sacred space. But, um, I think that's something I definitely, I feel like it's starting to work and it's starting to help, but I want to keep going on it for sure. Yeah. I think we all maybe need to let the, the old ways die a little bit, you yeah. know, on a, on a macrocosmic and microcosmic scale, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been another amazing session with you. Like I love, love, love this. Um, yeah. and our next, uh, podcast will come out May 22nd for the new moon in Gemini, bringing in another new season. Like, man, we just, time just keeps ticking. <laughs> I know. You know? Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. And, uh, where can the people find you, Erica, when you're not in their ears? Yes, you can find me on Instagram at Erica Conaway. And yeah. And you can find me at Man of the Cards on Instagram and also manofthecards.com. Um, I will just let everyone know that my summer books are opening today on the day this podcast comes out, and they will be open for any readings between May 11th and July 31st. So, any summer readings you might want to do, head over to manofthecards.com. I'd love to do a remote reading for you. Um, And also, if anyone feels like ever tuning in every Sunday at 7 p.m., I do an Instagram live session on at Lockwood Shop. Um, It's a boutique shop out here in Astoria, and we just have a good time and, like, pull cards and talk tarot and, like, nerd out about magic. So, um, yeah. yeah. So thanks for listening. We'll see you guys uh, May 22nd. Bye.